cares for you. He is our peace. He is our peace. Cast all your cares on Him, for He cares for you.
you my soul. That's all he asks from you. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm away. Lord, have your way in me. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake. Lord, have your way in me. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. Do you mean it this morning? I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake. Lord, have your way in me. You know, it never ceases to amaze me that the creator of this great universe, that's all he asks, is for us just to give ourselves to him. Let him take control. It doesn't get, it doesn't get much easier than that, brother, does it? Just just to have that peace. and Oh, I'm just so excited to be here. Um, every time that I have to be out for sickness or work or whatever, whenever I come back in, I'm just so full of energy. So I'm just going to warn you all this morning. We're just going to grab a note and we're going to hang on and we're going to have a good time today. It's cold on the outside, but I believe the pillar of the fire of the Lord is in here this morning to warm our hearts. So whatever burden you're going through, whether you're sick or financial, I trust that you left them at that door back there and come in here and just let just let the Lord take control. And we'll have us a good time. Amen. Let's sing that old song. Um, I had another one on my heart, but it wasn't in the database. But this one happened to come up when we were looking for it. I never shall forget the day. How many remembers the day that the Lord took your burdens all away? Amen. So let's put our... Ten stringed instruments together and let's just grab a note and hang on and we're going to have us a good time this morning. Let's try the key of uh, B flat. Well, I never shall forget the day when all the burdens of my soul were rolled away. It makes me happy, glad and free. And I'll sing and shout it for he's everything to me. Long years ago, when I didn't sin, I had no hope, no peace within. Down on my knees in agony, I prayed to Jesus and he gladly set me free. And I never shall forget the day When all the burdens of my soul rolled away It makes me happy, glad and free 
And I'll sing and shout it for he's everything to me. Oh, I can feel him by my side. My feeble steps, he comes to God when trials come. He comforts me through faith in him or sin. I have the victory and I never shall forget the day when all the burdens from my soul rolled away. It makes me happy, glad and free. And I'll sing and shout it for he's everything to me. Oh, sinner, come to Jesus now. At his dear feet, just humbly bow, confess to him your every sin. He'll save you, cleanse you, give you joy and peace within. Oh, I never shall forget the day when all the burdens from my soul rolled away. It makes me happy, glad, and free. And I'll sing and shout it for he's everything to me. I like this one. Now I can feel him by my side. My feeble steps, he comes to God when trials come. He comforts me through faith in him or sin. I have the victory. Boy, oh, I never shall forget the day when all the burdens of my soul rolled away. It makes me happy, glad, and free. And I'll sing and shout it for he's everything to me. Oh, I never shall forget the day when all the burdens from my soul rolled away. It makes me happy, glad, and free. I'll sing and shout it for he's everything to me. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, it's, it should be an exciting time for us here. Seen on the news, Russia's gathering troops. The United States is gathering troops. There's pestilence all throughout the land. I feel like the, it seems like the bride is getting pressed harder and harder. That should just let us know that we're getting close to getting out of here. I'm excited about that. I don't know about you, but I've, after all these sicknesses and things that I personally have been through and how God has just carried me through it, amen, I'm ready to get to the other side and never have to worry about it again, just bask in His presence. Give G, let's just sing this. Oh, some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. It won't be long. To a home on God's celestial shore, I'm gonna fly away. 
Oh, I'll fly away, oh, glory, I'll fly away. No, I'll not die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. Oh, just a few more weary days and then I'll, I'll fly away. Oh, to a land where joy shall never end, I'll fly away. Oh, yes, I'll fly away. Oh, glory, I'm going to fly away. No, I'll not die. Hallelujah, I am by. I'll fly away. And when it happens, oh, this whole world will never hold me. Hallelujah. Any moment will be gone. Oh, I've made my consecration. And I've got my wedding garments on. And I've got my wedding garments on One more time No, this whole world will never hold me Any moment I'll be gone For I've made my consecration And I've got my wedding garments on Oh, hallelujah Oh, you're singing this morning like you're ready to get out of here. Hallelujah. Let's just uh, change the order of the service here. Let's sing that song, His Strength is Made Perfect. I was just sitting down this morning at the, uh, sat down for a minute at the piano and just, just getting ready to just kind of pray and thinking about all the needs and I just got to thinking about this song, how that, how perfect His strength becomes for us at our weakest point. Because at that point in time, that's whenever we have to get out of the way. When you realize that there's nothing you can do, that it's all Him, that's when God can do His greatest works. So His strength is made perfect in your weakest time. You may be going through the darkest battle right now, but don't give up. Just hang on to that. He knows. I can do all things Through Christ who gives me strength But sometimes I wonder what He can do through me No great success to show no glory of my own yet in my weakness he is there to let me know 
think about that this morning, saints. He'll carry us when we cannot carry on. Raised in His power, the weak become strong. His strength is perfect. His strength is perfect. Let's sing that again. His strength is perfect. Just think about this now as we get ready to go before the throne. Whatever your burdens are, whatever you're carrying, He'll carry us when we cannot carry on. Raised in His power, the we be. Come strong. His strength is perfect. His strength is perfect. Amen. As the musicians play that soft, I'm going to let you have your seat just a moment here. I want to go over these prayer requests. We have many needs among us this morning. And we want to continue to remember Sister Connie Hughes as she's having uh, the recovery from her surgery. We want to remember Sister Judy Arnold that's uh, got some personal needs that she's needing a touch from the Lord for. We want to continue to remember uh, Brother John Harwell's boss, Doug Whiteside, <clears throat> who's been uh, sick with the... Uh, it's been with the COVID as well, right? <clears throat> we want to uh, remember little Anderson Pritchard, who's going to be having surgery on February the 7th. Uh, also, we want to uh, continue to remember little Cohen Pritchard, who is uh, in therapy. We want to remember uh, Brother Wayne Coffey, who had had or is getting ready to have uh, shoulder surgery. Uh, we want to remember Brother Wayne this morning. We want to... Uh, Remember Brother Joe Drum, who has uh, had a uh, cold and has just uh, been feeling bad. We want to remember him. We want to remember the Reynolds who are not uh, with us here this morning. They had had a, a pipe freeze and, and uh, burst, so we want to remember them. We want to remember the little seven-year-old uh, Eli May that uh, had the heart condition. Uh, February the 11th is his next heart appointment, and uh, the last testimony we had got he was doing well so we want to continue to remember that young man in prayer we want to remember brother danny florian who is away this weekend um <clears throat> it says here to remember uh, brother samuel Pugh that's got uh, testing in february so we want to remember that <clears throat> we want to remember uh, brother john cockman and his family this morning as they're going to be going into a legal procedure to get the uh, custody of the twins we also want to remember Brother Mike Pritchard, who is uh, dealing with some post-COVID uh, symptoms. So remember him in prayer. 
we want to remember uh, Sister Karen Buchanan who came this morning but had to leave because she had gotten sick with her stomach. We want to uh, continue to remember Sister Mary Smith and uh, Brother Richard also this morning. Just hold them up in prayer. I know there's many needs among us, unspoken requests. Amen. I'd like to ask Brother Mark if he would come at this time. Let's all stand and we'll take these prayer requests before the Lord. Also, just remember to pray for each other and lift each other up in prayer this morning. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we are thankful this day, Lord, to come to where we could uh, gather together, Lord, in your presence, Father. We thank you, Lord, for the love you've given us, Father, to in our hearts that we want to come, Lord, that we, it's not just a, a tradition, Lord, or a, a something to keep us busy, Lord, but it's a longing in our hearts to come, Lord, because there's something, Lord, that you've placed within us, Lord, uh, the Holy Ghost, I believe, Lord, that want to hear from you, Lord, want to fellowship with you, to fellowship with each other, Lord, we thank you in these days that that, that's a precious thing, Lord, that we should hold very dear, Father. And while we have the opportunity to come, Lord, help us to do all we can to lay aside all the cares and burdens of this life, Lord, and seek your face, Father. We pray, Lord, we forgive us of our sins, Lord, our shortcomings, Lord, and we thank you. We apply the blood, Lord, that cleanses us of all of that, Father, that we could come Stand in your presence, Lord, and worship with clear consciences, Lord, knowing that all our sins are thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for being an anchor, a shelter for us, Lord, that when trouble arises, Lord, we can flee into you, Father, for safety. We can nurse, Lord, strength from you, Lord, and everything that we have need of in this life. And thank you for the consolation, Lord, that you said you will never leave us nor forsake us. Lord, how many times that has got us through, Lord, that when we know that you keep your promises, Lord, and they're true. Thank you, Father. Lord, there were many uh, prayer requests mentioned this morning, Lord. Father, too numerous to remember, but we pray, Lord, each one that was mentioned by Brother Keith, Lord, we pray that it come into your ears, Lord, and you will move on behalf of these, Father. Uh, Sister Connie, Lord, who just had surgery, pray that you will strengthen her, Lord, and uh, ease her discomforts, Father. We pray for Sister Mary and and all the rest of these, Lord, that was mentioned, Lord. Uh, Cohen and Anderson Pritchard, Father, we pray that you'll touch them. Each one undergoing uh, surgery or recovering from it, Father, we pray that you'll touch them, Lord. And we look to you, Lord, the source of all our strength and our healing, Father. And, Lord, I pray for the preacher, Lord, as he comes, Lord, at the, the important part of the service, Father. We pray that you will take every spirit under your control, that your word will go forth freely, Lord, and touch each heart and each life, Father. And I pray we'll be blessed and encouraged and uplifted with a greater strength and, and zeal more than we ever had before to serve you, Lord, and live for you father we give thee all glory and praise and everything that's done lord may it be to glorify your name and 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 bring glory and honor to you father we pray and ask these things in jesus precious name amen god bless you may be seated there was also one that was 
here in the papers that I didn't get in time. But it uh, remember Sister Carrie Whitlock. She's not uh, she's not feeling well and she's not with us today. So let's remember Sister Carrie also. I uh, have a couple specials this morning. Uh, we have uh, Sister Olivia and uh, Lena. If they would come on up and be getting ready to sing. And whenever they're done, uh, Brother Jaron has got a a special for us also.
every tear that I cry. He knows my name when I'm overwhelmed by the pain. Can't see the light of day. I know I'll be just fine. Cause He knows my name every step that I take. Every Sharon. Always warms my heart so much to see these young ones singing and giving their gifts to the Lord. Amen. So thankful he knows my name. Amen. God bless you. It's good to be with everyone once again. Man, I've sung this song many times, but it's such a blessing to me, and I pray it'll be a blessing to you once again. Amen. Through the fire. So many times I've questioned the certain circumstances, things I could not understand. Many times in trials, a weakness splurs my vision, and my frustration gets so out of hand. Oh, but it's then I am reminded I've never been forsaken, and I've never had to stand one test alone. Oh, and when I look at all the victories, then the Spirit rises up in me, and it's through the fire. He never promised that the cross would not get heavy, or the hill would not be hard to climb. Without fighting, but he said a help would always come in time. So just remember when you're standing in that valley of decision, and the adversary says, Give in, just hold on. Our Lord will show. I know within myself that I would surely perish. Oh, but if I trust the hand of my God, He'll shield the flames again. Oh, again. Oh, and He never promised that the cross would not be heavy. Oh, the hill. Not be hard to climb. 
just remember when you're standing in that valley of decision and the adversary says give in just hold on and our Lord will show up yes and he will take you I tell you what, I'm a witness firsthand that that is honestly the truth. Amen. So many things He's brought me through. Amen. I, oh, hallelujah. Let's stand. We'll have our ushers come at this time and we'll receive the uh, morning tithe and offering. Brother Andy, if you would. As Brother Barry comes, let's just sing this song. Every praise is to our God. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship with one accord. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Sing hallelujah to our God. Glory hallelujah is to our God. Every praise, every praise is to our God. God, my Savior, God, my healer, God, my deliverer. Yes, He is. Yes, He is. God, my Savior. God, my healer, God, my deliverer, yes, He is, yes, He is. Every praise is to our God. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. God. 
God my Savior, God my healer, yes He is, yes He is, glory, hallelujah, praise the Lord. We're going to turn to the Lord in prayer this morning. We have many requests and many needs. As we uh, mentioned on Thursday night, we had a little prayer meeting here. I had two full pages of, uh, of prayer requests. It was just, a, just amazing. But, I, hey, I'm glad we have a place to turn. I'm glad we have somebody to bring our requests to. And he taught us, cast all of our cares upon him. Falling in love with Jesus, let's sing that this morning, and then we'll uh, go to prayer uh, today. Whatever your need is, whether you made it to the prayer request list or not, God still hears. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with my Jesus. Falling in love. Best thing I've ever ever done one more time falling in love with my Jesus falling in love with Jesus falling in love with my Jesus best thing And in his arms I feel protected In his arms never disconnected In his arms I feel protected And there's no place I'd ever rather be. Lord, we are glad we have come to this place today. No place we'd ever rather be. And now in the name of Jesus Christ, we bind every spirit, Lord, under your control. And ask that you would have the preeminence among us, Lord, moving from vessel to vessel and having free course in the hearts of your children. Lord, we bind all of these requests and these needs together, praying that your Holy Spirit would be present, Lord, in a very real way, because it's your presence that brings transformation. And so I commit the people to you now. I commit the day to you, Lord, everything that we are setting in our hearts to do, Lord. We ask that you would bless it, and Lord, you would breathe upon it, and Lord, that your presence might be made known among us. We commit our every uh, concern to you, Lord, and the people who are listening online, we ask, oh God, that you would bless them as well and meet every need, Lord, among the people, Lord, who have submitted requests to us. And we just want to say we love you this morning and thank you, oh God, for your goodness and your provision. We thank you, Lord, for health and strength. And now we ask, Lord, that you would just take complete preeminence in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. Shake somebody's hand next to you, and you may be seated this morning. Fish bump or elbow bump or whatever you want to do, and may God bless you. Thank you, musicians. We'll let you take your places there. My grandsons call it a fish bump, so it's all right to do that.
God bless you this morning. Welcome to the house of the Lord. Uh, we are glad and honored to have you with us today. And uh, despite the fact that we have many needs, we are uh, a people who are uh, thankful that we're serving God. January 27th was Sister Chanel's birthday. God bless you, Sister Chanel. We appreciate you very much. January 29th was Brother Keith's birthday. God bless you, Brother Keith. We appreciate uh, him. January 30th was Sister Sabrina's birthday. Sorry, but it's true. January 31st is Brian McCall's birthday and Catherine Pritchard's birthday, right? Sister Catherine, how old are you? Eight. God bless you. That's a great number. Uh, February 1st, where'd he go? Levine's birthday. He was just right there, wasn't he? Yeah. He knew what was coming, didn't he? All right, folks, we'll get him when he comes back. And uh, Stephen Swafford's birthday. The Swaffords, just to let you know, they've been uh, really going through a difficult season where her father died in Florida. They moved her stepmother and brought her back up to North Carolina. There was many, many adjustments and problems that they had to deal with and many demands. And uh, I had uh, some contact with them this morning. So uh, it's uh, Stephen's birthday on the 1st. February 2nd, Sister Shirley Lingle's birthday. God bless you, Sister Shirley. And also the same day is Brother Troy Hughes' birthday as well, and they're listening this morning. February 3rd, Macy's birthday, right? God bless you. Did you get your sweet frog card? And uh, February 4th is a very special anniversary for Tom and Kim Ward. How many years is it going to be this year? 55 55 years. My goodness, that is a real milestone. It is an understatement to say that we appreciate Tom and Kim and all they do for us and all they mean to us, and uh, may the Lord richly bless them. Uh, we also, too, I guess we need to make this official. Uh, Brother Samuel uh, and Sister Jessica Pugh and I, we had uh, lunch uh, this week, and uh, we just want to officially welcome uh, them to the church, and uh, we are glad they're here, and uh, good to have uh, Sawyer, Autumn, and Ruby with us as well, and may the Lord richly bless you. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, you always watch somebody coming to the church; they fit right in uh, like a glove, and uh, you you kind of forget their visitors. But we're uh, we're glad to have you, and God bless you, and uh, just desire to sojourn with you. I, I think that's the males back there. Good to have the males uh, back with us, and uh, uh, have missed you. Now. Um, I, I, I want to just give you a couple of quick announcements here on the screen, and uh, we're going to go back to the Word in, a, uh, in, a, in just a moment here. Brother Branham writes this little quotation. I love this. He said, Come, Lord Jesus, and help me tonight to press to spread the gospel around the world so you can come. You cannot come, according to your Word, until all the word, world has heard the gospel. And I pray you'll hasten the day, Lord, that when all the world shall hear the gospel Sin and sorrow, pain and death of this dark world shall cease. Till then. There he is. Uh, (laughs) Happy birthday. Till then, give us grace, give us vision, give us power to bring the gospel to the people. That's a great prayer. Give us grace, give us vision, give us power to bring the gospel to the people. Now, uh, I wanted to show you just a couple of key pictures here this morning. And just for, uh, I haven't showed you many pictures, but I just wanted to share a couple with you. 
This is uh, a place in the real interior of Nasama, uh, called Nasama, Zambia. And this is a little village out there. You can see in the background, this is not, uh, you know, any kind of major place. But this is the congregation. And I was trying to get the video up, and I didn't get it this morning. But when they brought Bibles to this group uh, in their language in Bimba, they, they broke out into a dance, and they were singing and rejoicing, and, and it was just really wonderful to watch. I'll see if I can get that for you. But this is basically the congregation. And when I showed this uh, picture to uh, missionaries and uh, ministers around the world, uh, there was one brother who noticed, he said, uh, if, you, if you look on the inside of the windows, you can see the thatching in there. They don't have a roof on this building. They had enough money to get this far, and they don't have any money to do windows, doors, or a roof. And so they thatched together a little uh, patchwork roof there so they could get in out of the, out of the hot sun and get out of the uh, weather. So uh, one brother noticed, I didn't notice that, but one brother noticed that, and he said, they don't have a roof. He said, can you find out if they if they need a roof? And they did a est- cost estimate, and they said, for us to finish the building, it would be about $2,300. And uh, so the, this brother uh, decided to jump in and help these people. Let me tell you, this, these are people are very, very poor, and uh, it's just a blessing to be able to see that. In the nation of Malawi, where all of these books have gone and there's just uh, all kinds of uh, activity and material there, this is the effect now. You're seeing uh, people who are uh, being given the message new and books and tapes, and they've got uh, SD cards, they've got uh, all kinds of material that have gone there, and uh, you know these are uh, people now witnessing to others, and there's a whole stream of baptism pictures that, are, uh, that I have for you. In the nation of Ukraine, yesterday, despite all the tension and all the difficulties there, here's a bunch of brothers that filled up the back of their van with books, and they were just going uh, through their village there. You can see there's nobody in the streets there, lots of tension, lots of difficulties there. These brothers, they wrote a note and said, we're just trying to find the last seed. But sometimes there's a picture that catches your attention, and I'll tell you what, I just love this picture. Brother Aaron sent it to me uh, yesterday, and I thought... That's the kind of church you want to go to that has its own wood, wood fire right in the middle of the assembly. And they're just singing and worshiping there in uh, Shinjira. How do you say that? Shinjira. Yeah, that's close enough. And uh, worshiping together. And uh, that looks like their church place, doesn't it? Is that their, you think that would be their church place? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they're just singing together and worshiping, and I thought, wow, what a, what a wonderful picture. I'd like to go there. I would really like to go there. And uh, that's, just, that's just a wonderful thing. Now, so let's turn our thoughts to the Word here this morning. And, uh, you know, we, we read in the Old Testament all the time about the journeys of Israel, and they, <clears throat> they uh, uh, traveled and they encamped around the Word. And I think it would be a good thing for us to do that today. So if you have your Bible, have it handy. We're going to look at a couple of places there in the Scripture. And um, as we begin, I'm reminded of a story of a woman who came to the pastor one day, and she said, I want to leave the church. I want to quit. And he said, oh, yeah, really? And she said, yeah. She said, there's people in this church that are hypocrites. They're on their cell phones the whole time in service. They gossip. I just don't have any confidence in the people at all. And he said, I'll tell you what. She said, come one more week. And uh, when you do, he said, I want you to bring a tray and two empty glasses. And so the woman says, all right. So when they got to church, uh, right before church, the pastor took a jug of water and filled up the two glasses right to the very brim, right to the very top. 
And he put it on the tray for the woman. He said, now I want you to walk around the church twice and not spill anything. Really? Yes, he said, I want you to take these two full glasses on the tray and walk around the church twice. And when you're done, come to me. So she does it very slowly and carefully and goes all the way around the church once, goes around the second time, and then she comes to the uh, pastor at the end of it. And he said, hey, I need you to answer, answer this for me. Do you see anybody on their phones? And he, she said, no. Do you see anybody gossiping? And she said, no. Anybody living wrong? No. He said, how come? Because she said, I had my eyes focused on the glass and the water. And he said, well, when you come to church, he said, just be focused on God so that you don't fall. And he said, that's the main thing. So you can never let your relationship with God be determined by how others relate to God and things other people do. But let it be determined out of your focus on God. So that's what we want to do today. Now, if you have your Bible, let's stand and we'll just do a reading here of Psalm 73. Psalm 73 and verse 23. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. That's what God says to David. Psalm 73, verse 23. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Let's all say that part again, together. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. I'm not with you when you're awake. I'm not with you when... Uh, you feel close to God. I'm not just with you when you're in church, but I'm continually with thee. Do you believe that? Thou hast holden me by my right, by my right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel and afterwards receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon the earth that I desire besides thee. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart. And my portion forever. Let's read that verse 26 together. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. You may be seated. God bless you. May God bless the reading of his word. Here it is in another translation. Yet I still belong to you and you hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel and leading me to a glorious destiny. Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. And my health fail may fail, and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. How many of you can say amen? That's a great prayer. That's a great thing to, uh, to recite. Now, today we're going to baptize. Uh, Brother Tyler is going to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, we put extra water in the baptismal for a couple of obvious reasons, but uh, there's enough in there for anybody else who uh, may have it on their heart to be baptized this morning. So if you've never have and you've never surrendered your life to Christ, there's never been a better day for you to do it than today. I'll guarantee you that. So we want you to consider that. But I, I need you to uh, understand this, uh, this uh, truth here, that uh, in, in the time that we're moving into, and I believe that uh, there's, there's going to be required change of all of us in, in adjusting things uh, from all of us as we move forward into the narrower place that we find ourselves uh, going today. And I think we're, we're, we're uh, you know, we're reminded of that every day because of the troubles in the world and 
all of the uh, pressures that we feel. We are not the only people that feel pressure. We are, uh, we are, we are just in a world that is falling apart, and there's lots of pressures there. And uh, I love to be reminded of psalms like this, where uh, David, you know, he asks the obvious question. This is a question that has a self-evident answer: Whom in heaven do I have but Thee? Who else? Who else can I turn to? Who else do I have? But I'm glad I have You. And, and God says, hey, I'll, I'll be with you continually. You have, to, you have to believe that and you have to trust in that, that I will be with you continually. And God knew that we would come to this place. God anticipated the hour that we're in and the conditions that we would face. And so he said in this message here, my, a guide, what was the ark? He said it was the word. And so don't travel your denominal, denominational root, roots now. Stay right behind the word. Because you haven't passed this way before. The word will lead you across because the word is Christ. Hey, let's, you're doing really good. Let's say this together. The word will lead you across. The Christ in you knows where to go. And God knows that through the darkness that he is a light and he has exactly the path already laid out for us. And I know your destiny. The world, the word will lead you across. It'll not be your feelings and your dreams and your emotions and your sensitivity to this or that. It'll be the word that'll lead you across. And the word, he said the word is Christ. So stay behind the word. Yes, sir. Stay with that guide. Don't get in front of it. You stay behind it. You let it lead you and don't you lead it. Joshua said, now you've never passed this way before and you know nothing about the road. So I want to combine a couple of things here today as we, uh, we look at this or we think about, uh, you know, where we are today in the world. And I want to talk about some of the, a little bit of the, the current conditions and then, uh, the things that, uh, God has placed in us as resources that we can draw from. Everybody with me? I'm not going to be long because we have a baptism today and we have a meeting this afternoon at 3.30 with our, uh, with our Sunday school class here. But in 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul describes uh, the end times. In the last days perilous times shall come. This is the amplified version of that. And watch how uh, Paul writes it. But I, I was struck by this because of how accurate it is in describing the time that we live in. Understand this, that in the last days, dangerous times of great stress and trouble will come. Difficult days that will be hard to bear. And you wonder sometimes why, uh, you know, you're hardly motivated to get out of bed in the morning here. I mean, there's some people that really face the, uh, the difficult struggles. I, I wish I had, uh, I don't have it printed out here, but uh, Sister April Grant gave me permission to say this. And she said that in her, uh, in her work as a surgeon, chief surgeon in uh, the hospital in Atlanta, the big trauma hospital that she works at, uh, it is one of those centers where, uh, you know, they bring in the worst of the worst and all of the traffic accidents and all the other things that happen. That's where they bring them first because they have such a accomplished team of surgeons there. And she said, uh, it's, it's just an amazing thing to see uh, the, the kinds of trauma that we're facing today. And she said, uh, you know, an increase in the amount of uh, uh, um, GSH, gunshot or GSW, gunshot wounds that uh, that we have to deal with. And she said, I work with a couple of army surgeons, uh, guys who were trained by the military and were in the Middle East and in uh, Afghanistan and so forth. And she said, we have much more exposure to gunshot wounds than those people in those countries ever were. And they describe, they describe uh, the the kind of trauma that they saw in the war zone. And she said, we have way more, much significantly more 
than they had in the war zone we have in downtown Atlanta. She said there was an 18-year-old, uh, sorry, an 18-month-old baby that was brought in with gunshot wounds to the head. Uh, she said it's it having its effect on uh, the staff and the, and the people who are working there to see this continually coming in every day, day after day, and uh, you know to see the uh, the, the amount of uh, devastation that's done by guns and street gangs and all the other uh, domestic violence issues. And she said that's the most troubling part is when you see the amount of domestic violence that uh, is occurring and escalating. And she said, uh, it seems to me, and in their stories, and when they come and tell their story and they find out what's gone on, uh, she said, you know, it's this pressure that everybody feels. It's, it's a, you know, a troubling time, a difficult time. Sister Crystal put in a request on uh, Thursday night for us at the prayer meeting. And it was just an amazing thing. And I, I just, I've thought about it many times, Sister Crystal, since you said that, about, uh, you know, praying for this, uh, how her manager came to her and asked her to pray for their hospital and the staff in the hospital because of the stresses that they're under and the amount of people that are quitting and leaving. Because of the continual stress and the pressures that they face and people coming in and telling them how they want to be treated and all the other things. Brother Jonathan can probably tell you the same thing, Brother Andy. And, uh, you know, this continual flow of all of these things that are a result of living in a world that's falling apart and all of the stresses and pressures that are there. It's almost like Paul is speaking about our time. You know why? Because he is. God gave him this passage for our time. And when God said that to Paul and gave that, inspired Paul to say that, Paul was not looking out at the circumstances in his time. He was actually being used of God to speak about our time. So this becomes very relevant. And he says, people will be lovers of their own selves, narcissistic and self-focused, lovers of money and impelled by greed. They'll be boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, and profane. And they will be unloving. In other words, they will be devoid of natural affection. And he's devoid of natural human affection and calloused and inhumane, irreconcilable. In other words, people are entrenched in their view. Hey, listen, I see it my way. I've got the facts that I want to believe. Nothing, including the truth, is going to sway me. I see it this way. That's it. And they're not interested in reconciling. They're not interested in softening their position. They're not interested or even capable sometimes of seeing how the effect of their words affects somebody else. You can say amen if you want to. But they're irreconcilable. And you've got to understand, folks, I'm not being critical of you here. I'm just describing how Paul said spirits would arise in the last day that would anoint people to be this way and think this way and act this way. And treat each other this way. They would be malicious gossips. You know what? A a, a gossip is a bad thing uh, to have in your church. A gossip's a bad thing to have in your neighborhood. A gossip's a bad thing to have in your workplace, right? But a malicious gossiper is way worse. Because they're telling things only to destroy, only to hurt, only to, uh, you know, cause trouble. And Paul says this would be there in the last day. They would be devoid of self-control. They would be intemperate and immoral. Brutal. Brutal. Haters of good. Traitors. Reckless. Conceited. My family's better than your family. 
My sins are not nearly as heavy as yours. My children are near perfect. Not like yours. And sitting there saying, I hope that sister gets this, what Brother Barry's saying. They are conceited. And they are lovers of sensual pleasure, pleasure rather than lovers of God. I am just saying what the book says in an amplified way. That's why I'm saying it loudly. Holding to a form of outward godliness. Really, hey, you can't touch them with quotes. Can't touch them with scriptures. Man, they got it down. They're, they're just holier than thou. They're holding to a form of outward godliness or religion. And although they have denied its power for their conduct nullifies their claim of faith, avoid such people. And keep far away from them. In other words, you're going to want to cut a wide path around people like that. Because you hang around with people like that, you're going to get filled with malicious gossip. (laughs) Hey, listen, that's a bad thing. That is a bad thing. And you had to always be careful when, uh, when, uh, that's, that's present. I'll tell you what, because, uh, you, you, uh, and I'll just say this, that you can carry an offense in your heart towards someone and you'll wind up attracting information to reinforce the offense. Let me say it again. You can carry an offense in your heart. You can carry an issue in your heart. And, and uh, wind up uh, attracting information that only reinforces the offense. It isn't necessarily the truth. And it might be half truth. Or you will associate with people who will, re- will reinforce that you're right. Anyone, anyone who's, uh, you know, under that kind of pressure, they'll find themselves people who will reinforce the fact that you're right. And staying clean in your attitude really is the best way to deal with things. You have to stay clean in your attitude is the best defense against this kind of spirit that comes in the last day. And you want to guard your heart because out of it are the issues of life. And you have to believe that there's not a problem. There's not a problem that exists in our world that God can't handle. And that God doesn't have an answer for. He absolutely does. You remember I told you uh, a little while ago in the, in the passage in scripture in Luke chapter 11, uh, where Jesus gives us an example and he, and he talks about, uh, Jonah as an example of the resurrection. And uh, he describes him there. And then he talks about Solomon and he says Solomon in all of his glory and, and, uh, describes him there. And what he's really telling us is something very, uh, very important that I think we need to kind of remind ourselves of. And that uh, Solomon and Jonah represent two kinds of evangelism or two kinds of witness of the Spirit of Christ in the world. You know that? It's called a go and a come. Because when God sent Jonah, uh, he told him to go to Nineveh and go and bring the gospel. And that was his job uh, to do that. And, and he did. And with all the different uh, little complexes about that, you remember Paul LaFontaine talking about his study of the book of Job and, uh, you know, at the end of it, how it should be a happily ever after kind of a thing. And it don't aim that way. And all the other little parts of the book of Jonah. I mean, they're, they're really interesting. And it's a great study. Brother Bram said Jonah never got out of the will of God. Go figure that out. He says, never got out of the will of God. And uh, he, he describes Jonah as the man who had the go. He had to go to Nineveh and to bring the gospel, bring a message of salvation. And he did. But Solomon didn't have that message. Solomon had a message of come. And so the queen of Sheba came to where, where Solomon was. And she saw all that he had, saw his household, and saw their worship, and saw their clothing, and saw the uh, conduct of the butlers and the waiters and everybody who served in the kingdom uh, under Solomon. 
And there was two kinds of, of evangelism or two kinds of outreach or two kinds of witness that uh, Jesus describes there. And I think it's really important for us to, uh, to remember the fact that uh, when you leave here and you have a revelation of the message of the hour, you're in the go phase, right? You're going to people out there at your work. And uh, when, you, when you're at school, you are in the go phase. You are, uh, you, you're, you're witnessing, you're telling the people, this is what the message does to a young person. This is what the message does to a young girl. This is what the message does to a family, right? When you go to a homeschool event or you go to some, uh, you know, some event in your community or you go to the market together, you're, you're in the goal phase. You're, you're telling people, hey, this is what the message is. This is who the message is. This is what the message does. And if you're using filthy language or you're using, uh, you know, immoral stories and so forth, remember, you're in a goal phase when you're outside of here. And somebody's watching and somebody's listening and you, let me tell you, that should not be named once among us as becoming saints, including fornication or any sexual uh, immorality or any kind of, uh, you know, wrong relationship, illicit relationship. It should never be named once among us. Not at all. Or filthy conversation, even the Bible talks about. Are we okay? Because when you go, you're in the goal phase. You're like Jonah. You're representing the kingdom when you go there. And like it or not, you're called into the kingdom. You're subject to the rules of the kingdom. And you're subject to the king of the kingdom. And he, he wants you to represent the kingdom well. But also, you know, when somebody comes through our doors and they come here, uh, they, they, are now, uh, they are now witnessing uh, who we are and what we are and how we sing and how we worship and how we treat one another and whether we have lots of clicks and things like that. You're in the come phase. You're in the place like Solomon where the Queen of Sheba came to see, is it really true? Is it really right that those people have a God that's different and that it causes them to act different and all of that? And Solomon uh, stood up in his place and they lived life like they normally did. They didn't put on a show because the Queen of Sheba was there. They just lived and conducted their kingdom in ordinary ways. And the Queen of Sheba walked away and said, I heard this, but man, it was way better. I heard this, these stories about them, but uh, they, were, they were way beyond that. They were, it was absolutely incredible. And she went away with that testimony, not because Solomon went to her, but she came to him. So when somebody comes to this church, i got to ask you, we're in the come phase. Then you got to wonder, what do they see? What do they, when they hang around with us and they uh, you know, listen to us talk and they see how we relate and they see who shakes hands with who. And they see... Uh, uh, you know, how we, how we uh, you know, care for one another. And they see how we uh, pray for one another. And how we have, uh, you know, uh, our, our business and how we conduct all of that. Hey, somebody who comes has a right to see what God has done among us in the same way that we have the responsibility to display the kingdom of God when we go. When somebody comes, that's the same as when somebody goes, right? You're still representatives of the kingdom. Are we all right? I mean, I'm just throwing that out there because, uh, you know, that's a really, that's a really important thing. And Paul says that, that in the last day, Satan's going to do everything he can to either put people among you or to try to do whatever he can to distract God's people from what they really should be doing. And there will be spirits that abound. And if you could see above you this morning, the spirits that war for your mind and war for your children and, and fight for, uh, you know, a, 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 a foot place in your heart. I will tell you, it probably scare the gizzard out of most of you here. It is something that we have to keep our guard around about and to pray for hedges around about our families and around about our church and around about our pastor. We have to pray for those things. 
Because your human intelligence and your human integrity and your human brain is not good enough, big enough, and smart enough, and fast enough to keep up with the forces of the dark world. They're everywhere. They're abounding. They're pouring themselves out upon uh, the earth with, uh, with great force and great velocity. So Solomon tells us in Proverbs 24, My son, eat thou honey because it is good, and the honeycomb which is sweet to thy taste. So shall thy knowledge of wisdom be unto thy soul. Now, if you're a honey eater, uh, I'm not a honey eater. I have a honey, but I'm not a honey eater. Uh, I will say that, uh, you know, when you take in honey, it's so good, you like to have more, right? You know, it's sweet to the taste. It gives you energy. It's a good, uh, I mean, it, in terms of sweeteners, it's a natural sweetener, so it's a good thing. And uh, uh, you, you don't want to have just one little bit and that's it. I mean, you, you'd probably eat honey until you probably should stop eating honey because it's going to be too much, right? Everybody, everybody with me this morning? This is not hard. So shall the knowledge of wisdom be unto thy soul. He's making a comparison that when we get a little bit of wisdom, a little bit of understanding, we want more. It's a good thing. We'd like to have more. We don't want to have a little and then stop, but we want to have more. And when thou hast found it, then shall uh, then there shall be a reward, and thy expectation shall not be cut off. So where there is wisdom, there is a true, a true and a correct perception of the outcome. And I think that's a wonderful thing, that, that when you get the wisdom that God sends, you have a, an expectation and a perception of the outcome. A correct understanding of the end of things, and the expectation is correct, and those ingredients create hope. Do you realize, we never came to the conclusion about the end ourselves. God sent it to us in the form of a prophet and a prophet's message. Isn't that right? And the fivefold ministry now have been given the brush to finish the last few strokes in the painting here and to make sure that people are reminded that there is an, uh, there is an outcome and that outcome is correct. And the expectation of the people should be focused on the thing that God pointed us to in the first place. And so this is the, uh, the idea that Solomon says, when, uh, when thou hast honey, he says, you want to eat thou that honey. You want to consume it. You want to take it in. You want to make sure you're taking in the right thing because the right thing, there will be a reward with that. There will be a right understanding of the days you're living in and a true perception of the outcome. Everybody ought to say amen. So I'm reminded of our timeline here, very uh, straightforward. I mean, this is very elementary here for us that every 2,000 years something happens, right? The, the lineup's very clear. We never knew this until... Uh, you know, coming down towards the end. But, uh, you know, this makes sense to us. And then uh, Brother Branham said that uh, six days God labored in the book of Genesis and the seventh he rested. He said that's complete. So he said every 2,000 years, first 2,000 years, water under Noah, second 2,000 years, Christ came. And he said, now this is the third 2,000, but we're at the end of that. Something happens and the world is shook back again. So God takes the earth and moves it in a direction that's contrary to the way it's been going. He jars it into a position or a place, and things that happen are certainly unexpected. And once that happens, there's no going back to that order again. Are we okay? After the days of Noah and the flood, the world was never the same again. I'll guarantee it was never the same again. People don't live near as long as what they did prior to the flood. And then, uh, you know, in the days of uh, Jesus and John the Baptist, all the way to the Apostle Paul, the world was never the same again. In Acts chapter 13, the gospel was taken from the Jews and given to the Gentiles, and we had an amazing 2,000 years. But we're at the end of that. And so God shakes the earth again, and now we're at 
Uh, now we're at the doorstep looking at the last 1,000 years, which is uh, a type of the seventh day where God rested. And that is a, uh, you know, the millennium that we're facing ahead. Uh, we're, we're at, we're at that transition between the end of that two, last 2000 and, and the, uh, thousand year millennium. So therefore, at the end of those ages, then everything that can be shaken will shake. Right? The church goes into apostasy, Laodicea in darkness. Not overnight, but it goes into there subtly. And a judgment cycle begins, not only for that church because of its darkness, but also because the world has rejected Christ. So the world, not just the church, but the, the entire world goes into that, uh, goes into that uh, phase. Tell you where I'm at, just so you can, uh, you can be prepared. I, I, I've been, uh, we've been working on, on printing the Seven Seals book in different languages and, and it's you know, beginning to go around the world. And so I, I was reading the fifth chapter and, and the sixth chapter. And when I got to the sixth chapter, there was just so many things uh, that were pertinent in there. Uh, I, I just uh, I just really got into it, and uh, if if you want to follow me in some of these uh, sermons here, it'd be a good thing for you to pick up and take a look if you haven't read it in a while. The Seals book is a great book anyway, but the sixth one is what I'm focusing on because it talks about what I call short prophecy, and Brother Bram's talking about things that are going to happen real quick, and we're seeing the beginnings of those things in the earth right now, and he says in that time all nature will take a tumble. We've never lived in an era where nature's taken a tumble. We've seen the odd earthquake and cyclone and hurricane and, uh, you know, the deep freeze. And if you don't think there's a deep freeze, come on up to Virginia. Oh, boy. Talk about a deep freeze. <clears throat> but there are, uh, there are, there are things in, that have happened in the world over time. Brother Bram describes this as something that's unique, something that's going to happen that's not like any other uh, time because we're moving into a judgment cycle. And even the Bible talks about how the stars of heaven would fall. And then the bride enters what is uh, identified as a, as a, what I'm going to say, a safe place. She's put it set up on the rock. In other words, she is in that bride age, and she is, uh, she is involved in a cycle that the world really doesn't know anything about. It's a rapture cycle, right? That's not for everybody. That's not even for the Jews, right? That's for, that's for the bride of Christ. And so you're a part of a very exclusive cycle that has begun in the earth. And then, of course, at the same time of the going out of the Gentile bride is the coming in of, of Israel, and the restoration begins, and then the Antichrist begins to rise in innocence. In innocence, because when you look at the villains of our world today, nobody's looking at Rome and saying, the Pope's the problem. He's coming in in innocence. Now, there's a reason for all of this, all right? So uh, I'm, I'm trying to go as fast as I can here. There's a reason for all of this. And the increasing pressure and the evidence of these cycles are just four things I just put on the board there. These are, these are four definitive things that are going on in the world here. There's more. But they, it, it's all happening for a reason. And there's a consequence of that for you and I. And I need you to understand, as Brother Bram describes here, whatever your ministry is, may God crown your life with the glory of his word and his second coming rapture you and take you away into another land where you'll just feel like that little fish I talked about out of the blackness down there. That's quite a sentence, isn't it? That's all one sentence. Everything I just said is one sentence. Whatever your ministry is, May God crown your life with the glory of his word and his second coming rapture you and take you away into another land where you'll just feel like that little fish I talked about out of the blackness down there. 
Remember, Brother Bram describes this little fish down in the inky black part of the ocean there. And, uh, you know, he says uh, they hardly have eyes. They have senses. And, you know, you bring them up, he said they'd burst apart because they're built to handle the pressure down there in that depth of the water. Now, there is great pressure down there. Uh, in 100 feet down, there's great depth, great pressure uh, that you feel down there. And uh, these fish, you know, they, they operate in a certain level of the ocean and the currents and so forth. And Brother Bram says that's where God made them and that's where they are. But he said, see, you couldn't go up there with this kind of a body. And he's talking about astronauts here. And he says, you can't just go up into heaven and not have pressurization. You had to be trained to, to, to handle that atmosphere change up there. And he says, neither, uh, he says, there with this kind of body, you can't go up there without, with this kind of a body, neither could you go up there. Like these astronauts, you had to be in a pressurized tank. You had to be in a pressurized space. But when God changes you, he says, you're pressurized then, and you're going in the rapture. So remember now, the rapture is a cycle, it's over time. So you know what God is doing? He is changing the pressure, the level of pressure around us, to accommodate our departure into a higher world. Can anybody say a louder amen on that one? The things you face and the things you're going through and the pressures as odd as where they come from, even in the house of my friends, like David said, when things come and it just builds pressure in our hearts, remember, God's got a purpose for that. He's actually conditioning you not to live here but to live somewhere else. And that happens gradually and over time. It helps us to cope with things when we know that God's actually doing this work in our hearts. And when God changes you, you're pressurized then. When these old earthly senses have been lost, you're gone in that glorious way of the cross. You're going home with Jesus. When you can recognize that that's actually God at work in your life, and you realize this is the going home. I think it was Keith who said that this morning, uh, you know, about, uh, you know, the, the changes in the world and the pressures in the world. And he said, it just reminds me that we're on, on our way home. We've said that for years, but the process has been true. The principle is true that God is not conditioning us to stay here and evangelize the world and, uh, you know, reform this world here. Hey, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. And I'm on my way out of here. And there's something greater calling me, in me, responding to that than what is in this world here. My desire is more to go than to stay. God is not anointing us to stay here. He's anointing us for another land. And that land, you'll need a new body. You'll need a new system to step into. This body won't handle that. That's why sometimes you feel like, you know, my, my head's coming apart. My, I feel like my world's coming apart. Everything's coming apart. It's supposed to. Because it helps you to cry for that other place and for a body that can handle the pressures of that place. Here he is in 1965. He says it again. Hey, Brother Ram's a person who's familiar with stress. He's familiar with pressure. He's, he's very familiar with criticism. He has it every single service. He has it outside service. He has it among ministry that are a bunch of hypocrites. He has it, uh, you know, in print. He has stories that are printed in national publications like Reader, Reader's Digest and different things that, uh, you know, are critical of him. Hey, listen. They're still building websites criticizing Brother Branham. Today, there are people out there who are veiled in darkness, who are uh, building websites and promoting the error of Brother Branham. He's still getting criticism, and he's long gone. How silly. And the people who profess to believe what he believes and believe the scripture for the hour, they're receiving the criticism. Just like Jesus said, don't think it's strange that they hate you. He said, they hated me long before they hated you. 
And the spirit of that is still around. But here's 1965, and he said, we find that in those hours of real stress, that's usually when the Spirit of God moves in. Aren't you glad for that? Come on, listen to me now. Hey, everybody, don't go to sleep on me now. We find that in those hours of real stress, that's usually when the Spirit of God moves in. You watch what God does in those times of stress. He let the Hebrew children walk right into the fiery furnace before he ever moved a hand, and when he moves, he moves. Guarantee you, without any pressure, there's no diamonds. That's how diamonds are formed, right? So don't you think for a minute that God's allowing you to experience certain things without having an outcome in mind. He has an outcome in mind. He has something in mind. He's trying to produce something in you that's better than what you were before you went through the pressure. How many of you have gone through pressure in life and come out stronger? You're still here. You're still serving God, still trusting God, love God more at the end of it. We all have because that's what, that's what life is. No pressures, no diamonds. Brother Branham says, as if he's not looking at our time, he says there's no more gospel. He said America will receive this in 1957, and they just got their own hard-headed ideas in their set. I will guarantee you the spirit of hardhead is in our country, and it's very strong. And the next thing for this nation is judgment. And I will tell you that the reason why a lot of things are in the shape they're in is because people have a general blatant disregard for the Bible. They have disregarded the Bible. They have disregarded the principles of the Bible and the fear of God. And it's a very, very treacherous thing when a people, either an individual or a church or a system or a government, uh, absolutely has a disregard for the principles of God and the Bible. And the moment they put it aside, there's a downhill incline that that nation is on. And the next thing for this nation is judgment, and she is going to have it too. And it may be through depression, not personal depression, but he's talking about financial depression. And it may be through an atomic bomb, and it may be through a great plague or a disease or something, but she's ready. It's coming. And thousands times thousands will fall. My goodness, you think he's looking at our time. (laughs) I think he probably is. So... We find a principle that is true. Stay with me. God spake on this wise that his seed shall sojourn in a strange land and that they should bring them into bondage and treat them evil 400 years. 400 years is a long time. 400 years is a time when you think, well, uh, you know, things are uh, moving kind of slowly. Nothing's happening here. But Brother Bram says in the quote below, God's promises always come true. They always come true because God never forgets. And God always does. He makes his word right. God always makes his word right. The old prophetic wheels and cogs of God grind slowly but surely. They come right up to the place. Do you believe that? So what you're looking at today in our world is exactly that. Even the world. I think this is the New York Times. But even the world recognizes that Russia is a big bear that everybody's got to watch. And I will tell you that there are some real concerns today about what that bear is doing. Even our Brother Bram told us not to fear the bear. There's a lot of people watching that bear. And I will tell you that he has, uh, the, the, the bear has a plan. And the bear has a strategy. And I believe he's anointed to carry out that strategy. I gave you an article on Wednesday night. If you don't, didn't get the article and you want to have it, you let me know. I'll be glad to send you the link to it. Uh, it helps to make sense of some of the things that are happening, uh, in that particular conflict. And, uh, you know, you, uh, you, you, you talk to the brothers in Ukraine, and I have over this last couple of weeks, and listen to what they're going through, and listen to the conditions over there, and listen to the, uh, you know, the position that they're in. And the media is telling you one thing, and the, and the Russians are saying one 
something and the Americans are saying something else and NATO is saying something else. And, uh, you know, you're looking at all of it. But I will tell you, we live in a world where now major conflict between major powers like this is a major thing. And when you have energy disrupted or energy distribution changed and the prices of it change, it affects a lot of things. And so you should not think that because this is way over there in Ukraine that this is not going to affect us. Any kind of a world confrontation is. And the moment that, uh, you know, the U.S. government puts a, uh, you know, a troop, uh, a troop member or, a, you know, a soldier in, in, in line of duty, in the position of duty over there, it, 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 uh, it has a, a, certainly a continuing effect. It's a consequential effect uh, in terms of uh, our participation in that struggle over there. Uh, I, there, there are a lot of things that you can talk about. I, what I'm just, I wanted to show you this, uh, because even the world recognizes something. They, they recognize that there are powers in the world that can change everybody's world very quickly. There are powers that are at, at, at odds. And <clears throat> Brother Branham tells us that there are really, when you boil it down and you come back to it, there's really only two spirits that are working. And, and one is the obvious one that we know and we love and we try to stay in contact with all the time, which is the Holy Spirit. But everything else is dominated by a spirit of deception. I mean, deception in that, uh, you know, uh, people will, you, you'll think that people are right. You'll think that nations, this decision is right. And, that's and, and the whole world is blanketed in deception. I thank God for the Holy Spirit that is stronger than that spirit of deception that allows you to be able to see through that darkness and that veil. So then you have a, uh, you know, this, this two against one, uh, theory, uh, which is a very real theory, although the two conflicts are very different because, you know, what if, what if, uh, the, the Chinese who, uh, saw the Americans tied up in this struggle supporting NATO in Ukraine and, uh, they decided, okay, we're going to go ahead and take Taiwan back, uh, once and for all. We're going to just, uh, you know, consume them, uh, because we can overwhelm them. Now, these struggles are two very different struggles. But let me tell you, that I told you this statement a while back, but let me tell you again. In terms of how the Chinese see the world, in foreign policy, the Chinese Communist Party, they remain dedicated to international revolution. And the new world that they envision, however, is not a Marxist paradise, but one in which China will replace the United States as a dominant power in a Sinocentric or Chinese-centered world order. And so that's, that's their stated goal. That's their agenda. That's the reason that they, uh, you know, have, uh, you know, poured the money into African nations and all around the earth to try to, uh, you know, uh, 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 subvert the influence of the United States and also to get uh, natural resources and all the gas and the oil and so forth that flows into China at an incredible rate, over 10 million barrels of oil a day they require just to turn the lights on uh, in China and the amount of uh, energy resources that they require there and their army and their navy, the biggest navy in the world and all the other things that are going on uh, in in that part of the world. And the United States just the other day moved two carrier groups right into the South China Sea because they realized that, uh, you know, while the world's attention is focused on Ukraine over here, uh, which really it's a, it's a very significant and a strategic country to take over. And if you're Russia, that's a very important thing. 
It's all the other nations that surround Ukraine that are really shaking in their boots, like Lithuania and Latvia and Moldova and Estonia, because they were all part of Russia before, and they don't want to get swallowed up in this entire conflict. So there's all kinds of people screaming for help and weapons and uh, detection systems and all kinds of security, because they are directly threatened by whatever happens in Ukraine. This is a big deal. It's a big deal in Europe. It's a big deal in the world. But the Americans are not ignorant of the fact that, uh, you know what, there's other enemies that we have that if they have an opportunity, they'll take a strike. So now we have to go through what I'm going to refer to as imperial overstretch. So now the good guy, the cop, has to spread itself pretty thin all over the world to try to police everyone. You can only do that so long. And what if? Tyler, I think it's a great thing that you're getting baptized today because what if this was really the end of it? I mean, what was, what, what if? I mean, just, I mean, one day I'm going to say that for the last time because Brother Branham said that as we read back here, the cogs and wheels of God's prophecy grind slow, but they grind true. They grind sure, don't they? They do grind, and sometimes it's slow, sometimes it's fast. But I'll tell you, they do press on and they do eventually be fulfilled because it's not Brother Ram's word and it's not your word, it's God's word. So Brother Ram tells us in his prophecy, and this is 1962, right around Bay of Pigs time. Here's Brother Ram telling us in the atmosphere that he's facing in that day. He says, there's three curtains in the world, an iron curtain, a bamboo curtain, and a purple curtain. He says, you don't fear the rest of them, but you watch that purple curtain. So he identifies a villain here in the whole drama that's not even in any of the pictures I just showed you. Like I say, he comes in by innocence. And so the world is, whoa. We thought that was the enemy. We thought that's all we had to worry about. And we thought there, hey, listen, Korea, North Korea has more, more of a nuclear arsenal than Pakistan and India and Great Britain and even Israel. It has more of a nuclear, uh, nuclear system, uh, nuclear ballistic system in its country, bigger than many of those other countries except for, uh, for uh, Russia and, and America. And it's just amazing, a rogue country over there. And we all, we kind of have our eyes on all kinds of things. Brother Mark sent uh, me a note, and I sent it to you, a link about the, uh, the atomic clock. And, and I mean, you know, describing exactly where the smart people think we are in terms of the end of the world. They're not even believers, but they're acknowledging that. And the whole world is looking at all those factors that move the hands of the clock. And I will tell you, those are serious things. But a prophet comes along and says, don't you fear any of it. There's a real enemy here behind the scenes. Now listen, isn't it true that the best enemy hides as well as he possibly can? Isn't it true that a, that a real good foe that you have will bury himself deep? He'll bury himself deep in the pile so that, you know, you'll get weary of looking and scratching and trying to find out what's really going on. I mean, a real enemy is going to be buried deep. He's not going to show you his best hand. Brother Bram's telling us that this is the world that we live in. This is where we're coming to. And God, who knows it all, says that, hey, listen, you can go and cry unto the gods which ye have chosen, but let them deliver you in the time of tribulation. This is where we find ourselves in the world. So we don't want to be ignorant of his devices, either in the world or in our own midst right here. We don't want to be ignorant of his devices. Somebody say amen. We don't want to be ignorant of the devices of the enemy because he's a master Houdini. He's a master hider. And the devices of the enemy are evil purposes by definition. The evil purposes of the enemy is to corrupt you from the simplicity that's in Christ. 
The, the, the evil desire, the evil purpose of our enemy is to distract you from the thing that is right and distract you from the thing that's going to give you what you need in this hour, and that's rapturing faith. Oh, come on. I thought we'd get a better response there. The evil purpose of our enemy is to distract you from sitting and hearing what you need most, and that is rapturing faith. You need to hear the right word so that you're believing right and your faith is right and it's built up and strong in the bright age that we live in. That's what you have need of. We don't need to have more programs and we don't need to have a fancier church and we don't need to have, uh, you know, more missionaries around the world, you know, for our sake here. That, that's not the point. The point is, is that we need to be making sure the right thing is said so that the right thing is heard. And when the right thing is heard, it'll produce the right thing in you. And it'll help you hear the call of God from another kingdom <clears throat> even louder than what we hear now. But Satan's devices... I mean, Satan's devices, one of the things that he does well is immerse people into distracting things, distracting events, so that everybody's energy is devoted on something over here. And you know what? It don't matter. In the end, it don't count. It, 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 it's not going to get anybody anywhere except, uh, you know, uh, on two sides of a conflict, throwing stones back and forth. Doesn't help anybody. Butting heads only proves who's got the harder head. Butting heads doesn't give anybody rapturing faith. Isn't that right? That's why Brother Branham said, Lord, give us vision, give us grace, give us, give us love, give us power, give us everything we have need to make sure we navigate through the times we live in because we're going to need it. And we want to stay focused on the right thing. Everybody say amen. We want to stay focused on the right thing and the things that really matter. We find in the book of Nehemiah, Satan's tactics hadn't changed at all. It was exactly the same as what it is today. Here's Nehemiah on a commission, building the wall. He's got a purpose, he's got a program, and all of a sudden these guys show up whose names themselves would tell you they're not great guys, and they show up and they're trying to figure out, uh, you know, exactly uh, what way we can distract Nehemiah and Ezra and all the rebuilding of the wall and so forth. All of it is intended to pull Nehemiah and his builders away. To distract them. To stop the progress of the church. So Brother Branham says, yes, he said, John said, I beheld when the sixth seal was opened, there was an earthquake. Then all nature was interrupted. God's been doing great things. Like healing the sick, opening the eyes of the blind. But he says, we find out that all of a sudden at the end of this, when the seal is open, nature takes a tumble. We've not seen that. Specifically in the last day, you know, here comes a prophet. And he exercises under that anointing of the first pull. Hey, churches are emptied when Brother Branham shows up in town. People came. Everybody benefited from the gift. Everybody was just, I mean, they were enthralled with it. They wanted to see it. Under the first pull, it was an easy thing to sit under. Switch to the second pull, and all of a sudden, discerning the hearts, it became a little too close because the liars and adulterers, they approached that gift, and they drew back because of the accuracy of it. The adulterers and the hypocrites and the people who, uh, you know, uh, had all kinds of professions coming out of their mouth, but their heart was, bl- was black as coal smoke. Uh, all of a sudden, they approached that gift, and there was a drawing back because of the accuracy of the discernment. And you know what? Criticism rose. The moment that happened, criticism arose. 
And now Brother Bram's wrong here and he's wrong here and he's wrong somewhere else. You know why? Because now he's pronouncing things about people that the discernment is, is allowing him to say, right? The Holy Spirit's allowing him to say and cautioning people and warning people that, hey, this gift is not wrong. It's absolutely right. Nobody can debate that. Nobody can compete with that. Nobody can refute that. And so as a result, people draw back. And the best way to deal with it is like they had to deal with Jesus in his day, remember when he was in Nazareth? And the Bible says that they bent down and picked up stones to throw at him because they had no other resource. They had no other recourse. And when you don't know what to do with somebody because they're telling the truth, you know what you should do? Uh, I mean, the only thing that stupid people do is throw somebody off a cliff. And that's what they tried to do with Jesus. Come on, folks, that's what the Bible says. And they picked up stones to throw at him, and they were going to stone him. You know what he was doing in the process? He's just telling the truth. And people either draw back or they pick up a rock. I got news for you. That spirit's still around. And then the third poll, listen, the third poll drew believers into a word ministry. And only the elect draws towards that open word. Only the elect draw in close under that third poll. So God allows this to happen here. God's been doing great things and so forth. But now we've come to the third pool. Now we've come to the opening of the book. And now we come to the revealing of the mysteries. And you know what that does? It draws the elect into a special kind of a relationship with Christ. That leaves the world behind, in a sense. It leaves the blind behind. Let the blind lead the blind, Jesus said. And in that hour, everything happens outside of that community of grace that we call the bride. I said, all kinds of things happen outside that community of grace called the bride. And here's Brother Branham saying that we look out here and we find nature took a tumble. Yes, nature, he says, the earth quaked, the sun goes black. And this hasn't happened yet. This hasn't happened yet. But remember, ages overlap, right? Ages overlap. And so we have God writing this world back to where it needs to be for the millennium. Nature's taking a tumble. We're moving into all of that. Scientists call it one thing. You know, the news calls it something else. And, you know, we're moving back into that place here. Let me tell you, that's done because God is preparing a world for you to walk out on. He's preparing a world for you to walk out on in peace. And under this sixth seal, which is inevitable and it's immediate, it, it's going to happen as a result of the departure of the bride. When the bride goes and the gospel turns back to Israel, which is, I, I mean, preachers have said this for a long time, I don't think it'll be long. I don't think it'll be far away. But when this time comes, that triggers a release of certain events that take place in our world. No more grace left for the Gentiles. So Brother Branham said that there's three purposes that are accomplished in the sixth seal. There are three distinct things that God's going to do in that third seal, or sixth seal that are going to happen, but they're not going to happen while your feet are still here on this earth. And the first thing that's going to happen is the purging of that foolish virgin, the purging of the church. And he says those are the people that were, uh, you know, around during the time when God did such great things in these three pools, but never got to preach to them. They had no revelation of it. And uh, he says there's a purging that goes on. There's a purging of Israel during that time. There's a purging that goes on in the nation of Israel. And then thirdly, he said there's a purging of the earth. There's a cleansing because God's preparing it for the people that are going to come back on it during the millennium. Are we all right? 
God's going to take away all of the uh, sin and, this, and the pollution and all of the uh, raping of the earth's resources and all of that. God will restore the earth to a place where it will be fit for him to walk out again with his Eve in that millennium. Purging of the church, purging of Israel, and the purging of the earth. All those things go on. And Brother Bram said, this was this she done in the tribulation period. And he says, we wind up over here in Revelation chapter 7. He begins to describe it. And, hey, you can see, uh, you can see if you go back and look at the six heels, not long, it's not difficult. Uh, it would be good for you to, you know, just take a look at that and, uh, and see what he says. Now, <clears throat> let me just, let me just uh, focus here and find a, a stopping place. Brother Bram said, and, and again, this is 1965, he said, we realize that judgment is striking. We're moving into that cycle. The beginnings of it are here, and he's identifying that. He talked about power outages. And he talked about, uh, you know, weather changes. And he talked about cyclones and hurricanes and different things, earthquakes in different places. And he said, this is a, sh- a striking of this whole cycle of judgment that's going to hit the earth. And he said, great historical things. He said, we see it all repeating again, you know, historical things like it was in the days of Noah. And he said, we see it happening now. And men's hearts failing for fear. And he says, Lord... Help us to take the message to every crack and corner, to every child that's ordained of life. But I have good news for you. I have good news for you. Because like David writes in the psalm that we read in the very beginning here, and he asks the question, Lord, I, I'm, I'm glad you're continually with me. You promised you would be continually with me. And therefore, no matter what the world goes through, you have the promise that he'll be continually with you. No matter, no matter what happens on the, in, in, the, in, the, in the coming week, no matter what happens between the superpowers, you have a promise that he'll be continually with you. No matter what happens with your job and, you know, with the resources that you're holding on to, no matter what happens, he's not with you only on payday. He's not with you only in, in church. He's, he's with you continually. So therefore, you can always reach out. You can make an appointment. You can always reach out, and you can draw strength from his presence. And Brother Branham tells us, he says, there's nothing to worry about, nothing to be scared about. You say, who's going to be president? We'll have a depression. He said, that doesn't matter to me. Only thing I know, that God has spoken, and he said he's going to take me through. So you know what I do? Listen to what he says. So I just take his hand. I took his word. So here we go on the road to the promised land. We just believe God's word and we move on. Yeah, there's questions. I mean, there's, there's certainly, uh, I mean, you've you got to wonder how things are going to come out. I mean, who's going to blink first? Who's going to back down? Uh, are, you know, are the, are the, uh, is, is something going to happen in China? Something going to happen over here in Ukraine or whatever else or something else come? Is there another, uh, is there another pandemic on, on, the, on the way? Is it in the wind blowing our way? We really don't know, right? Every day, every day, headlines are different. Every day, uh, there's something new that people are dealing with in the world somewhere. Every day, probably in your lives, in your family, something different that you have to deal with. And if you let it, that would overwhelm you. If you let it, uh, you know, those things would discourage you. But here's a prophet telling us, the same one that told us all those sure things that now are coming to pass. And he said uh, 40, 50, 60, 70 years ago. Uh, the same one tells us, he said, the only thing I know is that God has spoken his word. And he said he's going to take me through. So I just take his hand. 
That, that may sound really simple, and I'm sorry if it does, and I apologize for the simplicity of the whole thought here, the idea. But David says, who do I have in heaven and earth but you? Who, who else can I turn to but you? You're, at the end of the day, you're going to be the only one left standing. And you're, you're the one that I want, to, I want to put my hand in your hand. And you're the one that I want to be walking near. And you're the one that I want to uh, make sure I'm always close to. I never want to grieve the Holy Spirit, no matter what. Even if I'm wrong, I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. Even if I'm criticized, I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. And, and even if, if people grieve me. I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. I don't want to live and react out of anger or, or fear or anything else. I always want to have the Holy Spirit on my side because when I know he's near, I can reach my hand out and say, Lord, I don't know which way to go now. I'm depending on you. Oh, it's easy in the good times to say that. It's easy in the times when you got a paycheck coming in, the van just got paid for and all the rest of it. But what if we're living in a time when all of this begins to break loose? What if things take a turn? Things can take a turn, right? Things, I mean, uh, all, the, all the events of the last uh, 20, 20, 25 years prove to us that things can take a turn very quickly and overnight. And it's in that time, you don't want to have to go and try to find God and try to make things right. Today is the day. In that day, you don't want to try to find somebody to baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, the water's warm. It's full. We're ready to go. Never been a better day. Never been a better day. And Brother Bram tells us, in anticipation of the pressure we feel today, there's a place where we can go that lets off the pressure. There's a resource that we have. We're so earthbound, he said, he said, and I'm just, I'm just skipping here in the quotation, he said, just let off the pressure. And he said, if you just come to Christ, this great rock, beat off all that unbelief, and you start to rejoicing again because the pressure is going to be gone pretty soon. Somebody say, thank God, pressure is going to be gone soon. I'm thankful the pressure is going to be gone soon. Your financial struggles, your personal struggles, your family issues, and all the worries and everything else, thank God it will be gone soon. But remember, it's here accomplishing a purpose in your life to pressurize you, to get you ready uh, to be living in another world, in another atmosphere. That's exactly what it's for. Let's have our musicians come on back up here. So therefore, Jesus cautions us, and uh, Paul cautions us, and Brother Branham cautions us, all the same thing. We're not ignorant of what the world's going on, what's going on in the world. We're not ignorant of Satan's devices here and his evil purposes. When you see a spirit that is there to cause division and strife, when you see a spirit that sets nations against one another or people against one another or churches against one another or anybody against the message of the hour or the Bible, it's the same spirit. It's the same spirit that's always attacked God's people to try to divide them, to try to distract them, to try to push them into corners. Let me tell you, it doesn't profit anybody. We, if anybody else in the world, we should be people standing arm in arm with our, with, with our eyes focused on Christ and moving towards that promised land. If there's any other people on earth, because we have been the most forgiven, and therefore we should be forgiving. And we, should, we are people who are greatly loved, and therefore we should love. We are a people who understand grace. We are a people who are under the dominion of grace. We are a people who are led by the Spirit. And I'll tell you what, Satan's going to do everything he possibly can, everything he possibly can to try to distract you and to try to uh, get our eyes off the one who knows the way. And David says, I'm not going to do that. He says, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden up my right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel and afterward receive me for, uh, into thy glory. Whom have I in heaven but thee? But there is none on the earth that I desire but thee.
Amazing Grace shall always be my song of praise. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Let's sing together. We're going to have a baptism here. I don't know where you're standing, but I'll tell you what. If you need to, need to make a, a, a real beginning, never been a better time. Never been a better day. Amazing Grace shall always be my song of Let's give him thanks for that grace this morning. For it was grace that bought my liberty. I do not know just why he came to love me so. But he looked beyond my fall, and he saw my need. Sing it now. Thank you, Jesus. Sing the chorus again now. Thank you, Jesus. Ring it out now. I shall forever. I shall forever lift mine eyes to Calvary to view the cross. Jesus, I really want to see. KUF, I think it is. It's Jesus, I really want to see. Yes, it's Jesus, I really want to And the more 
it means to me. Heavenly Father, we bow in your presence this morning, thanking you, Lord, for your word, the word of life, the word of vision, the word of clarity that has come to us. Lord, in this last day, you took care to put in the mouths of your prophets things to say that apply to our day. And they're coming to pass in our day, and we're seeing them happen in our day. Lord, it reminds us, it it checks us, it, it, it cautions us to be the kind of people, Lord, that we should be that are going to step from this earth into your kingdom without death. And Lord, therefore, because death is not going to change us, we want to be fit for that kingdom, Lord, in this life. In our thoughts, in our actions, in our words, in everything that we say and do, Lord, we want to reflect that kingdom more than anything else. Lord, I pray that a spirit of forgiveness and a spirit of love and a spirit of grace would be poured out here upon your people. That, Lord, we might have the courage to make everything right we can, Lord, to do everything we can to be ready, Lord, because we don't know how many steps we have left in the journey. Our time is serious. Our time left here, Lord, it should, we should be focused upon things that really matter. We should learn to let go and divorce ourselves of things that don't matter. Lord, we should be centered on Christ and his word. And so we're asking now in the name of Jesus Christ that you would move among us, Lord, in a very powerful way, in a very personal way. Lord, purge us, I pray. Purge our families of things that don't belong. Just like the children of Israel did before they left Egypt, Lord. Purge our hearts and our minds and our, uh, Lord, our, our, very, our very lives and activities, Lord. May, may God we do things and learn to live in a way that's pleasing to you. Lord, we just pray that you would move on hearts. And for those that need to surrender to you, Lord, I pray that you would just take them by the hand and guide them in your will. We pray in Jesus' name and for your glory. We pray. Amen. It's Jesus that I really want to see.
and find there is none like you. Jesus be the Lord of all. Jesus be the of the devil. Uh, this is, uh, you know, an unction that comes from on high, to walk in obedience to God's word. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He leads us to walk in obedience to his word. And so we're going to ask you to pray for Tyler and uh, just trust that God will take him in his hand and uh, God will do a real work in his life. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning and we're thankful, Lord, for an individual that doesn't have to do this. He doesn't have to uh, walk in obedience to this and the world may never understand why we would take this step but lord we do it because you have led us and you inspire us and lord do you you compel us to walk in obedience and lord to, to know that someone has heard that that call and 
the Lord to heard that word and sees it in the Bible and walks in obedience to it, Lord. That is a good thing. And so we pray that you would receive him. Today we pray that you would uh, forgive him. We pray that you would fill him with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we pray that you would take complete control of his life. And may he walk in newness of life in a path that you choose for him. I commit him to you now in the name of Jesus Christ and for your glory. Amen. Amen. Tyler, based on your desire to walk in obedience to the commandments of Scripture, I baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Wonderful Jesus is to me. He's the Counselor, the Prince of Peace. Mighty God is He, saving me, keeping me from all sin and shame. Wonderful is my Redeemer, praise His name. Oh, wonderful, wonderful Jesus is to me. He's the Counselor, the Prince of Peace. Mighty God is He, saving me, keeping me from all sin and shame. Wonderful is my Redeemer, praise His name. Oh, He's wonderful, wonderful Jesus is to me. Counselor, the Prince of Peace, mighty God is He, saving me, keeping me from all sin and shame. Wonderful is my Redeemer, praise His name. Oh, my heart sings today songs for joy and gladness. Jesus saves, satisfies, banishes my sadness. Guilt is gone, peace is mine. River, mighty to deliver. Oh, wonderful, wonderful Jesus is to me. He's the counselor, the prince of peace. Mighty God is He. He's saving me, keeping me from all sin and shame. Wonderful is my Redeemer, praise His name. Once a slave, now I'm free, free from condemnation. Jesus gives liberty and a full salvation. Now the sins of the past have been all forgiven. And my name is inscribed on the book of heaven. Oh, wonderful, wonderful Jesus is to me. He's the counselor, the prince of peace, mighty God is He, saving me, keeping me from all sin and shame. Wonderful is my Redeemer, praise His name. Oh, living here with my Lord in a holy union, day by day, all the way, holding sweet communion. Oh, what change grace has wrought in my lowly station, since my soul has received full and free salvation. Oh, wonderful, wonderful Jesus is to me. He's the counselor, the prince of peace, my Mighty God is He, He's saving me, keeping me from all sin and shame. Wonderful is my Redeemer, praise His name. And we are heirs of the Father. 
We are joint heirs with the Son. We are people of His kingdom. We are family. We are one. We are heirs of the Father. We are joint heirs with the Son. We are people of His kingdom. We are family. We are one. One more time now. And we are heirs of the Father. We are joint heirs with the Son. We are people of His kingdom. We are family and we are one. Hallelujah. Oh my, how wonderful it is. When you think about it, we are heirs of the great Creator that created it all. It truly is wonderful. We're going to sing this song as you all are dismissed. Um, um, just uh, remember each other in prayer this as we go through this week. And uh, we look forward to seeing you all again Wednesday night. Let's just sing this song, I Stand in All of You. Amen. I stand, I stand in all of you. I stand, I stand in all of you. Holy God, to whom all praise is due, I stand in all of you. You are beautiful beyond. Oh, just make it personal and sing it to Him, saying, To marvelous. Too wonderful for comprehension Like nothing ever seen or heard Who can grasp your infinite wisdom Who can fathom the depth of your love you are beautiful beyond description majesty enthroned above and I stand I stand in all of you yes stand, I stand in all of you. Holy God, to whom all praise is due, I stand.